Welcome to the Your First Rental Podcast. Let's talk real estate. This is episode three of the Your First Rental Podcast, where an average Joe and a pro teach you how to get into the wonderful world of real estate, live your dream, and get your first rental. I'm your host, JP, along with co-host... Nate Parks with uh, Keller Williams. Nate Parks with Keller Williams. I'm very excited about our episode today, Nate. This is going to be our best one ever. You think so? I can tell. (laughs) All right. All right. So first, let's talk about what were we doing for the last 24 hours? So we had we had a showing, didn't we? We did. We did. We uh, with the uh, short term leases, a lot of times you're going to get a uh, you know a good return, but also there's going to be a good uh, short turnaround on those leases. So we uh, went out, showed the property. They loved it. Uh, we're getting a, light, a lease uh, signed tonight, so we're good to go. Outstanding. So this is one of our short term rentals that we do for traveling nurses. And uh, that's good because the topic of today's episode is short-term renting to traveling nurses, which is kind of like a, uh, a hack, I think. <laughs> so we're going to talk about how we do that. And just yesterday, Nate or one of his people showed uh, one of our units and they have signed on. So they're going to move in February. Correct. So our tenant is in there right now. She is a, she's a traveling histology tech. When she leaves the day after, we'll clean it, and then uh, this person will move in. So we'll talk about that in Anatomy of the Deal. But before we get to that, I want to talk about a comment that we got from a uh, listener who said, how can you buy a house and never have seen it? Like you didn't believe me. <laughs> so let's talk about that a little bit because we, I, I, we do buy properties that I have never seen, but Nate has seen. So, number one, I think you got to have trust in your person, right? Yeah, absolutely. So, absolutely. I, I, I trust Nate completely. If he thinks it's good, then I'm, I'm going to think it's good. And it, it wasn't always like that. You know, after we went to six or seven I, and all the ones that he thought were good, I, I, I thought were good, then we have that trust. Yeah, you build that trust over time, absolutely. Yeah. So, then I, I was thinking about it. You know, if you are buying a stock, like Microsoft stock, you don't get to have your guy go to Washington or Seattle <laughs> and like poke around in Microsoft. Yeah, 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 you're not. But if we're buying a house, you go, right? What, what do you do? So a lot of it is it's, it's building relationships with different people. But with my experience over the years, I, I know certain areas. I can do the, the data research on it to kind of see what the uh, rents are, are pulling uh, during that or in that area of town. But, you know, I'm looking for, you know, first and foremost, as far as the, the curb appeal, then also kind of walking through the home to, to see, you know, what, you know, what pitfalls will there, will there might be. I and mean, what I mean by that is that, you know, I've been in enough houses, been with enough home inspectors. I kind of know what to look for. You know, I know enough uh, to be dangerous. So, you know, we're definitely going to do inspections, you know, before we purchase it. But those are one of the things that I'm doing is that, you know, I want to get my eyeballs in there and kind of touch and feel the inside of it to make sure that it's going to make sense for our, our tenants. Yeah. And so if I were there, what what would I be doing? I would uh, probably just be getting in the way. No, you would just basically be reemphasizing, you know, what we build as far as a relationship over time is that, you know, it's a good deal. You know, I give you the numbers. So a lot of times, yeah, it, it's just a 
there's no reason for you to go out there because if if I don't like it, you know, I'm usually going to give you that that feedback and uh, you know. And if you don't like it, I certainly <laughs> am not going to do it. So that's that's how how you can do that. After a while, if you build that trust, and then you just know you know what you know. If you're a, a school teacher or a lawyer or whatever, an accountant, you do what you do, and and then you got to trust the professionals that you have that you're working with. And then also, thank you for your comments on episode two, the top 10 reasons to hire a uh, property manager. You know, just since then, I've thought about 10 more. So I think we'll do an episode. <laughs> sure, there's Reasons a lot more. 11 to 20 to have a property manager and not to do it yourself. I would not be doing this if I had to do it myself. And then uh, before we get to the episode, I want to talk about Nate a little bit. So Nate is available for real estate coaching. If you are uh, looking to buy a home in the Kansas City metro area, you can hit him up. He can sell the house. Or if you're looking for a home, uh, he can be reached at nateparks at kw.com. Okay, so let's get to the episode about what, what it is that we do. And we think we've found kind of a, a niche or a niche or however they say <laughs> that. However the kids are saying that these days. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so this is something that people might not know. And that is all the hospitals that are around town, they are having trouble staffing the hospital with nurses. So what they do is they go to these agencies and they get what are called traveling nurses. And so you might live in Chicago, but you come down to Kansas City or wherever you live and they hire these nurses to work. So of course, all of these nurses need a place to stay while they're here. And I think some of the ones that we've provided housing for are, they've stayed in long-term, or what do you call that? Yeah, so Extended they, stays? Yeah, extended stays, you know, some type of hotel setup, or there might be, a, there are some agencies out there that have short-term leases, but I mean, those can be hard to come by at times. Yeah, so, and a lot of them, a lot of the ones we uh, work with, they also have significant others, boyfriends, husbands, that travel with them. And I think the pandemic has really made that kind of common because they always have a boyfriend that can work remotely. <laughs> yes, and that's, that's the key part is that we've uh, come into a, a, a society where you know, so many, you know, that's a whole other episode we can get into as far as the commercial side is that there's no one's working from, you know, from an office space anymore and they're able to work from home. So having that uh, significant other that can actually travel with you and still be able to pay the bills is, is crucial. Yeah, so all these hospitals have nursing sh shortages. I bet every hospital in your town is using some form of traveling nurse. They need a place to stay. And think about it. If you're a traveling nurse, do you want to stay in a hotel room for three months? Sure. Some of them do have RVs, which I think would be kind of fun. Uh, but a lot of them have boyfriends and a lot of them have pets. And so hotels don't usually allow you to have a pet. And so if, if, if you can provide a house that they can stay in and have their significant other and their pet, they make great tenants. And so let's talk about some of the advantages that we found renting to traveling nurses and just traveling professionals because there's a, there's a market for that. So they're good tenants. Yes. Right? 
You don't have any problems with them? No. No, they're going to pay, and that's a, that's a big part of it. But a lot of times they, they've already been in you know, this type of scenario, so they know what to expect. They know what the expectations are from both sides. So you know, more times than not, they're going to be a good tenant. Yeah, so these are professionals. And the nice thing about them is a lot of times these agencies that are hiring these nurses will pay the rent uh, for them as part of their kind of compensation structure. So one of the ones that we have, uh, I just got checks from the staffing agency. So you know the, the rent's going to be paid. It's going to be paid on time. Other reasons that the tenants are good is they're professionals, right? So they're not going to be messing up the house or yeah. doing anything crazy. Well, and a lot of times they're going to have, uh, you know, the background check is already going to be there. You know, hopefully if they're working in a hospital, you know, they're, they're not going to be doing anything else uh, above and beyond. So that, that helps as far as uh, scrubbing down the tenants as well. Yeah, so they've already been background checked by their hospital. I mean, if you're going to go to Cincinnati and work at, at uh, Cincinnati Children's Hospital, they're going to do a background check mm-hmm. on you, right? And then you st- we still do our own background check? Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. So, Nate, re- another reason we'll put it on the next episode to get a property manager is they can do background checks. I would have no idea how to do a background <laughs> check. Okay, so these people are vetted. They're professionals, and they're not going to throw parties and and go crazy, right? You'd hope not. Uh, you'd hope not. And, you know, the percentages of that actually happening is going to be very minimal. So it's always going to be a, a good scenario for you to try to get any type of prof- professional in there if you can. Yeah, most of the ones that I, I know, and they're all, I've, I've gotten, gotten to know, all, you know, some of them. And, um, you know, they, they basically work. Some of them work nights. And they just come home and sleep. So you've got the ultimate tenant. Yeah, someone that's not tearing up the house. They're just going to be sleeping, taking showers, going to work, and repeat. And then um, a lot of times they go home when they're not there. I mean, it, it is the ideal situation if it weren't uh, short-term and they, they turned around every three months. So then because it's a short-term rental, and this is a benefit of most short-term rentals, right, Nate, is that you can charge a little bit more? Yeah, absolutely. You know, with that, with the short term, it, it, it puts a little bit more work on the backside of making sure that you're keeping that occupied. So those are usually going to demand some type of premium. If it's not traveling nurse, if, it, if it's anything, you know, another side of that is that we see it a lot in someone might be building a home and they need some place to stay in between that interim of that uh, house being built, they know they're going to have to pay a premium in order to do that so they can uh, get out of that lease quickly. Yeah, we can charge a little bit more than we would on a normal lease, like you said, because of all the extenuating circumstances that you have with a short-term rental. And then we use uh, different websites. We, We put them on Airbnb, and, uh, of course, Furnished Finder, which I guess just caters to traveling nurses and traveling professionals. So because it's a short-term rental, you can charge a premium. And because you know you, you, you might have a little bit more vacancy, you get those higher uh, prices. And that's another thing that we haven't mentioned are the people that are moving in town. So if you're building a house, you're probably not the kind of person that's going to go to somewhere and trash a house, right? No. How common is this? Are we seeing this? No, not at all. Again, usually with a short term, they know that they're going to want to be in and out of that. They're not going to want to have the hassles of 
trying to get back a deposit or anything like that at all. So you're usually going to find, again, you know, the, the, the con to that is that you're, you're having to constantly keep uh, someone in that house. But a lot of times, um, especially with the traveling nurses, they'll even extend depending on, you know, what their, what their contract might yeah. happen with the hospital. And that's the best because then you've turned a short-term runner into a long-term runner. So you got the best of both worlds. Yeah. Good tenant, good price, long-term, not a lot of turnaround. And once you get it set up, so initially it is kind of painful because instead, unlike a uh, long-term rental, we got to go, go go buy beds. And so you can do that a lot on uh, Facebook Marketplace. Mm-hmm. You you furnished one, the one I think we're going to talk about, because when I came back from being out of town, it was all <laughs> furnished. Where'd you get all that? Uh... There's various uh, vendors out there that cater to that, where um, it might be something that's refurbished. So say, for instance, it's a it was a new washer and dryer that had a ding in the side. But other than that, it all worked out. So you're getting it at a discount. Uh, but there's a lot of vendors out there that will cater to that. Yeah, so I bought a place. And then but when I came back from being out of town, uh, Nate had, had it uh, already all uh, furnished. And, um, you know, I just reimbursed him for the cost of like a dining room table, a very nice couch. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So, uh, yeah, but that, that's one disadvantage is that you do have to furnish it. But then after you do it, you don't have to do anything more. So I, I put TVs in every one. I do provide um, high-speed Internet, but not cable. And everybody is usually pretty happy with that. So disadvantages of doing a short-term rental like this. Okay, so the disadvantage I can think of is that every three months you're going to have a turnaround and you might have you know three or four days of vacancy or or week or two weeks because the person moving in and out there's always just kind of uh you know days when people aren't there so you're losing some rent from that right Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. yeah i mean there's some you know you're going to have cleaning costs and those types of things that might be you're having more of those more frequently than if you had a a year lease so that 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 would be a disadvantage to that yeah and guess what nate has a set of cleaners that we always (laughs) use and they do a great job yep except these days it's tough to get them because they're so busy yeah absolutely so okay so those are the only disadvantages i can think of Uh, the turnaround the missed rent because of the kind of days of vacancy and then you have to put in the upfront work of furnishing it and then if you do get a long-term renter, I guess you'd have to take that furniture and store it somewhere. So yeah, that, that yeah. could be a pain. But yeah. The only other one that I can think of is that, you know, the, the, the mindset of that short-term uh, person, it might be a little bit different. Long-term, they're, they're looking at it more of it. That's their home. They're going to be, you know, in it for quite some time. With a short-term person, you know, they come from a background of being in hotels and those types of things. So they might have some extra needs within that where it might get give you a little bit more cost as far as repairs or you know checking up on things but overall again that's why you you charge that premium is that you're uh, you're definitely going to uh, work it out in the end yeah you're you're working it a little bit more so you get that better price yeah. i mean people are just making a killing on airbnb and vrbo these days so you're kind of doing that but i think you're getting the cream of the crop in terms of the renter mm-hmm. so Okay, now we'll go to the section we like to call anatomy of a deal. Okay, so let's talk about this uh, this furnished one that we did. Uh, it's a, what is it, three-bedroom, two-bath? Two-bedroom. Two-bedroom, two two-bath. 
And it's a location that is about 15 to 20 minutes from all the big hospitals here in town. So I got the property for one thirty. Yep. Right about that. Paid cash. But I, I, we are going to finance it, uh, but paid cash. And this was, a, was it, it was an off market, wasn't it? It was. It was. Tell, tell us about that because I don't even know. Yeah. So sometimes with our off-market deals, those are going to work to our uh, our advantage. With those scenarios, is that we're able to deal directly with the with the owner, and that is going to be usually to our favor. Really, kind of depends on the location and area and, and their circumstances behind it. But you know th- that cuts out a lot of the extra costs and a lot of the extra negotiations, and we can kind of go straight to that person. And, uh, you know, usually get a real good deal out of it. Yeah, the best performing properties that we have all were off-market deals. So we bought it for one thirty, and uh, had to spend, I don't know, maybe $2,000. Yeah, I was just going to say right around $2,000. You got a $400 TV, you got a $400 couch, dining room tables, beds. And that's pretty much all they need. So let's say you, you got you know, 2000 in it. And then we rent this baby out for 1600 a month. And then we pay their, all their utilities, internet. And so you're getting way more than the quote unquote 1% rule. Yeah, absolutely. Because the utilities are around $200. Yeah. So you're getting, you're getting that premium. And then there's also a cleaning fee at the end which I guess I could clean it myself. Yeah. But and, you charge and pocket that, the yeah. 200. Yep, and you charge that back to the to the tenant. What I'd like to do is have my kids clean it <laughs> and teach them the value of hard work. So we are getting, you know, if, if this were a regular rental, we'd be probably charging maybe 1150. Yeah. 1100, 1150. Yeah, for the rent. But because we're doing the short term and it's furnished, we're able to charge you know, we're probably getting about thirteen fifty uh, or fourteen hundred dollars every month because the utilities are, like I said, probably a couple hundred dollars. Correct. So the you can you can see the return is really good, and I will tell you, I have this up on the Furnished Finder website, and I get I get calls and emails every week about people wanting to stay there. It just never, it never stops. So I, I don't foresee this house being vacant ever because it's so close. Yeah, and it, that's kind of the, the, the preface behind what we're, we're doing here is that we will find properties that are in a proximity to a, a hospital or um, you know, some type of area that is going to be advantageous to people coming into town you know, that's new to town is wanting to, to be too far away from work with not knowing the town itself. So that's what we're, we're targeting when we're finding these properties. And then on top of that, you know, we're always looking into, you know, what, what's worst case scenario? What if this doesn't work out as far as renting goes? The appreciation on that property is going to pay for itself. Yeah, I think we bought it for 130. I'm talking to a bank right now about financing it. And I told them it's worth 150. Yeah. So that's, I mean, and it probably would appraise for that. So, yeah, we have it close to hospitals. We have it close to downtown, you know, about 10 to 15 minutes from both. 
I, I think it just works great for people that are coming into town. They don't want to be in the suburbs, it doesn't seem like, way away from the city. It's kind of centrally located. They can get to their work. They can get to downtown and kind of see, enjoy Kansas City a little bit. Mm-hmm. And, of course, their boyfriend stays at home because he can work remotely. Their puppy stays at home. And so, yeah, it, it, it works great. Before we get to the next session, we have our usual horror story because <laughs> we, we want to give you what it's really like to be in real estate and not sugarcoat it. So we, we give you a sort of a bad story or a fail every episode. And so Nate has this one. So uh, we're purchasing a property. We are probably about a week out from close. And, and so we, uh, we're working with one individual that's helping us find a lot of these off-market deals. Uh, they've been doing an outstanding job. There's no reason to question you know, this person. And that, that kind of goes back to making sure that your team around you, that you can trust them. But this was a scenario where one of the, uh, the things that we put down on our resolution in order to make sure that it was done is that the roof would be replaced. So kind of do a quick walkthrough and, you know, every, think everything's good. And I think it was the, uh, our lender you know, it called back and, you know, part of the appraisal process, they had a question. It's like, you know, I thought this was supposed to have a new roof on it. And I was like, well, yeah, it's supposed to have a new roof on it. Well, it, it turns out one uh, the, the place that actually got the new roof, it was on terrace and we were on street. So same address, but it was street to terrace. And that was what the, uh, the, the person that we're purchasing from, the, the seller, they gave them the address. And it, it's, it's funny because when we're writing up the contract, mm-hmm. I know a couple different times that the you know, street to terrace was, was missed on the contract. Um, and we had to correct it a couple times, but obviously on that last one, a whole new roof got somewhat. So I don't know what happened on the other side of that, but I'm, I'm guessing whoever that that other owner is, they're pretty excited. I don't know how you get a new roof put on without knowing it, but yeah, somebody else has a new roof and didn't have to pay for it at all. So the person that got the new roof, people come and they start climbing your roof, <laughs> taking it off. Yeah. And he didn't say anything. Yeah. Well, I mean, would you, do you blame them? You know, it's like, if yeah, I, well, <laughs> <laughs> I might've asked, Hey, what are you doing? <laughs> And then if they said, well, we're putting a new roof on, maybe you say, oh, sure. Yeah. That's just, but it didn't really affect us at all. It's just someone else got a new roof. And then they did end up putting a new roof on yeah. the one yeah. we were buying. So, yeah, it didn't affect us at all. It's just kind of, you know, human, human error. Things, things can go wrong. Uh, it's not always going to go perfectly, especially, you know, when you have situations like that. So one guy got a new roof and, and we didn't, we, nothing, nothing came from us. So. Yeah. All right, so back to travel nursing. So the question is, Nate, I don't know, I don't know how you're gonna answer this. Okay. Would we rather have a long-term renter? I wouldn't say rather. It, every yeah. scenario is a little different. So we usually try to go in when we're purchasing a home with an open scope of what we can and can't do there. And so, you know, traveling, nursing or any type of short term is always going to be, you know, ideal, you know, given the scenario uh, with, you know, higher 
rent charges, et cetera. Uh, but sometimes it is going to be a little better scenario to have someone in there long term because of some of the uh, some of the cons that we talked about. But ideally, you know, it helps with us being able to keep costs down up front, maybe keep costs down throughout. But again, if we if do our, our due diligence up front, having a, a, a short-term lease in there when you're able to charge a little higher rent charge than what you're having out, out, out there before is going to be pretty sweet. Yeah. I think if I had to have one, I would probably do the long-term just because it's less work. But I mean, these are first world problems. You can't find a renter, so you do short term and get a premium price with great tenants. So, yeah. So I think if you're afraid of getting into real estate because you're worried about vacancy, check, is it is it close to hospitals? And everybody knows nurses. So ask your nurse friends, hey, do you enjoy working at your hospital? Do you enjoy work right now? You know, a lot of them are leaving nursing. There's just a shortage. And so, and you can even ask them, hey, do you guys use a lot of traveling nurses? And I'm sure they'll say, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Everybody's a traveler now. So if that's the case, you, it, it can alleviate some of your fears uh, because you, you, you know that you'll be able to rent it out. If you've got a decent place, I think you can uh, rent it out. So as, as we always say, uh, we have more inquiries than units to put these people in. Yeah, I, I wish we had 10 more around town that were close to hospitals because we could fill them all day long. Absolutely. So, yeah. So, and then will, will travel nursing go away? I don't think that's likely. I think healthcare is just kind of in a weird place right now. There's going to be a shortage of nurses. Think about the nurses that you know. A lot of them leave. They go to nurse practitioner school. They can get great jobs, you know, that don't require being in a hospital. Some of them have left because of vaccines and that they have to take them. This is not a vaccine <laughs> commentary. Get your vaccines. But some of them have left because of that, and that's you know, that's their right to do that. So there's just a shortage, and I think travel nursing is, is here to stay. And, and you can use that as a hedge if you feel like vacancy is going to be an issue. So Absolutely. All right. Well, that concludes Episode 3 of our podcast. Thank you for listening. This has been uh, your, the Your First Rental podcast. Get out there, find some deals, go live your dreams, and get your first rental. Thanks. See you next time.